Hi and welcome. My name is Josh Stone and welcome to another episode of the Ignite podcast. The Ignite podcast is dedicated purely to the engineering and construction industry. Join me as I interview serious change makers, leaders and business owners who are creating significant shifts in the industry, leading inspired teams, running successful businesses and in general making big things happen. As the old saying goes, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. This podcast is all about bringing like-minded change makers, leaders, and business owners in the engineering and construction industry together to share their stories, their strategies, their ideas, and their mindset on what's working for them right now in order to help you learn from the best, to implement, and to grow as well. Now, if you'd like some help growing yourself, your team, or your business even faster, head over to my website www.coachignite.com for more resources or book in a call and we'll map out a plan together for you to move forward with confidence. In the meantime, hit the subscribe button so you get notified about future episodes. Sit back, relax and enjoy the episode. Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Ignite podcast. Today I'm being joined by Vince Williams. Mate, welcome to the call. Cheers. Happy to be here. Finally. I finally get to join you. I've been watching along and uh, yeah, enjoying all the podcast series and stuff. So it's been good. Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, I'm excited for our convo today. Mate, do you want to dive in and give give us a bit of an overview on on the business and your journey today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for me, I was pretty lucky in terms of finding what I enjoyed. I uh, I actually wanted to be an accountant originally when I was kind of growing up, grade 10, just asked my mum, you know, what can I do? I'm good at maths. And she's like, you should be an accountant. Yeah, okay. But uh, unfortunately, there wasn't any of those positions available with work experience. So I got thrown into a structural engineering firm. And then from then on, I was like, okay, cool. But grade sort of 10, I was like, I'm going to be a structural engineer. And uh, that's kind of how it, all, how it all panned out. It just happened that I absolutely loved doing it at university as well. So that's that's really good. And then, yes, pretty much straight out of high school, did the four years of uni and then uh, managed to land a, a, a job at a, a pretty sort of small to medium firm. And I was there for sort of 10 years. So I'm pretty, pretty loyal kind of person. One of my values, big values there. I did a bit of a stint overseas in London as well for a year, doing structural engineering as well. And then went back to the back to the same firm. Also did a little bit of a stint towards the end, getting close towards that 10-year mark in Melbourne remotely for that firm. And I think it was that kind of period that really sort of opened my eyes up a little bit more about what is possible. And that was going back, you know, we're talking kind of 2014 to 2015, what is kind of possible in that remote working space you know, the flexible sort of working options and, and that sort of stuff. So kind of came back to Brisbane and settled back into that firm again. But I think the sort of, I'd sort of been bitten a little bit by that experience in terms of bitten by the bug, I guess. And, and from yep. then on, it's really that kind of driven the business really and, and me wanting to create a, a brand and a business that, evolves around flexibility and freedom and those kind of values that I really have. And that's how it started. And really it was just about trying to get that within my own life. I never wanted tungsten 
when I first started to, to grow. I kind of wanted to keep it simple and, and just work for myself, you know, out of my, out of my home office. But, yeah, things happen organically. It grew pretty quickly, to be honest. Within three months, I was working kind of 80, 90-hour weeks. And, yeah, it was getting a bit of a joke. So I brought on our, our first employee, which was Adam Seagrave, who's now a managing partner of Tungsten. And, uh, yeah, within about another year, we were both doing, like, really crazy hours. So then we brought on Elise McDonald, who's, who's our other managing partner now of Tungsten. So, and then from there, it just kind of organically grew. And I kind of, you know, you wake up one morning and you go, wow, I'm not quite sure how I got here. And, you know, staff of 22 and, you know, got some really big sort of international clients and you know, $100 million projects. But, uh, yeah, here we are. And... Uh, yeah, changing changing a lot of lives, which is which is what it's all about. Mate, unreal journey. And I guess what what kind of markets do you play in? Like what kind of clients do you work for and the type of work that, that the business does? Yeah, so I've pretty much spent most of my career in industrial structures. So that was where I wanted to take the business. At first I did try to do everything. And I guess being a new business you know, you kind of have to take on any client you can, any project you can. But I guess over the last sort of three years or so, we've niched very, very tightly into industrial sector. This was kind of pre-COVID, so luckily for us, we just happen to be in that in that really booming sector at the moment. But yeah, we're niched really tightly in that market, industrial structures. We don't have any other type of engineers in-house. We're literally just structural, which is which is quite strange as well. But we're really making sure that we can focus focus on that and focus on what we're good at. And I guess our value is towards DNC clients. I guess we're, we're pretty known for our, uh, in the industry, I guess, for our competitive designs. And that really does suit DNC, DNC clientele. And whilst we started in the DNC market, you know, I guess word gets around and our our name's on enough title blocks that, you know, we're now working for some really large developers and things like that as well. So just, again, that kind of organic organic growth. And we have offices in in Brisbane, Melbourne, Perth, and Manila in the Philippines as well. Oh, mate. Love it. Such a good journey. And so... I'll hand over to you. I understand that you've got some exciting news that you want to share, something you've been working on in the background that's coming to fruition. Yeah, yeah, massive. Thanks for that. I guess as a little bit of background, again, it's kind of just aligned to the freedom and flexibility that I wanted to build into my own life going back kind of seven years ago now when I started the business and then realising that I had that ability to inject those same freedoms and flexibilities into other people's lives, you know, the employees that we have. So, yeah, I've, I've taken a lot of, I guess, inspiration from, from a lot of different books and studies and things that I've read and how I can really inject those flexibilities and freedom into people's lives. And what we've experienced, I guess, in the last couple of years in particular is that with the use of technology and with all of our processes, that we're getting extremely efficient in our, in our working days. We seem to be producing kind of seven or eight days of work in just five days, which is kind of crazy. And I think whilst we aren't doing ridiculous hours, 
that amount of on time, I guess, so people just working that efficiently can have a tendency to burn, I think, burn people out in this professional industry. Sure. Yeah, so that's kind of something I wanted to find a solution for. And I guess I had one way I could have gone was just to take on less work. Unfortunately, well, very fortunately, I should say, but we're all very competitive in, in Tungsten. So it's just not a natural style for us to sort of take the foot off the, off the pedal. But when we work, we're just productive. We are efficient. That's just how we are. So rather than taking on less work, we started thinking about working less. And so started researching ways to do that effectively. So, yeah, the big, the big news and big announcement really is that there will be the world's first, from my research, and I'm pretty heavily involved in it, civil engineering company that will be implementing a, a four-day work week. So we're going to be working Monday to Thursday, every Friday off, and we effectively are keeping salaries the same. So everybody's getting paid a five-day salary, but only having to work for four days. So, yeah, 40-hour salary, working for 30 hours. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, but at the end of the day, the guys have earned it. They're the ones that have put in the work with the processes and the efficiencies. They're getting results. They have been getting results. And we've actually been implementing this since April earlier this year. We've got a... a, a sort of six-stage transition. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're about, we're kind of into the third stage now. Yeah, and results are really, really successful. So, yeah, pretty pretty exciting announcements. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a bit of a game-changer for the industry. Mate, mate, it is exciting, isn't it? And it's like when you, when you sort of approached me about catching up and doing this episode about this concept, and obviously, you know, you've sent me that, that document outlining all your thoughts and reasons and all that sort of stuff, mate, it's, it's crazy. Like it's, you're right. It's, it's a game changer for our industry. And there's so much I kind of want to unpack with you on today's call around, you know, drivers behind the decision, you know, what it means for team, what it means for clients, all those sorts of things. But you've got the, the 10, 8, 10 behind you on the screen there. So what is, you know, maybe tell us a bit about that to start with. Yeah, I guess it was, oh, I just put my marketing hat on for that one. A little bit like the word tungsten for the company. If anyone's had a read into the background of, of why I call it tungsten, I like to get a little bit creative. But yeah, the 10 is, is effectively the end of tungsten or tungsten and the 10 and the 8. So it basically just represents 10 days of pay in a fortnight, 10 days of pay for eight days of work, but ensuring that we're creating still 10 days of output. So the idea is that effectively our because our efficiency has gone up over four days, we're still being able to bill for five days' worth of work. So, you know, profitability and sustainability of the business doesn't take a hit. We've all got jobs to wake up to the next day. Yeah, yeah, 50% more weekend. Oh, mate, so good. And so maybe, maybe let's unpack, like, yeah, the decisions behind it. Like, you talked a little bit before about burnout and, you know, staff running really hard and that kind of thing. And obviously like I know from my work in the industry as well as coaching the industry now that, you know, burnout is real and overwhelm is real and, you know, the, the deadlines from clients don't go away and, you know, the industry is, is busy at the moment. So 
yeah, maybe walk us through those those drivers that kind of led you to where you are now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's an interesting point, I guess. Like, we are the busiest we've ever been, and I think as an industry, and in particular tungsten, but we're taking, I guess, the, the foot off the pedal a little bit and giving people a bit of a break. I think towards the end of last year, 2021, we really just noticed, well, we were, I think we were sort of invoicing 50 or 60% more than what we had budgeted or really had capacity for. And yes, whilst a lot of that came out of our efficiency, I just started observing that just people were just fatigued come Monday morning and, and you know, still motivated, but, you know, you could just sense there was this was an underlying just, yeah, fatigue and just lack of lack of energy there. And people were just hanging out for the end of the year, you know, we decided to shut the office for three weeks and things like that to give people a real good break. But I guess, yeah, just the observation of that really started kicking the motivation in for me to do something about it. And I'd already read, I think it's, per, it's Perpetual Guardian in New Zealand who, who kind of started this four-day workweek movement and it, it's been going for a couple of years now. So I did a lot of research and, and then just started kind of planning how we might sort of make it work. And then I pretty much just sort of blurted it out at a, at a staff meeting. And that was because, yeah, because yeah, like we, for me, I'm just big on delivering promises. And as soon as I say something, it's got to become a reality. So yeah, for me, that was, that was the moment. And I think everyone was, was a bit shocked <laughs> probably. And there's still a little bit, there's still some transition. I mean, people are still struggling to comprehend how they can fit five days of work in four days. But um, like I keep telling them, at the end of the day, I've given them the structure and it's up to them to, to come up with the, the means and methods and stuff. And, and already there's, there's massive improvements in that. In terms of just more focus and dropping things that don't have to be done and, and things like that. So making sure that everything you do is, has got a purpose and, and dropping the waste effectively. So. Yeah, and like something you just touched on then is really important, mate. Which is when you you know when you say something, you commit to something, you follow it through, and that's you know one of the biggest culture killers I see in our industry, or you know in businesses in general, is when business owners and business leaders, you know they they take on board feedback, or they make a comment, or they make commitments around doing things, but they don't follow through, and those things lead to you know mistrust in organisations you know, staff kind of going, oh, yeah, this is just, you know, lip service again, that kind of thing. How have you noticed the shift? Like, I've, I've obviously gone through, you know, your, your, your transition plan and the phases, and you mentioned you're sort of halfway through. Was there scepticism from the team initially when you sort of, you know, announced it and we're doing this? And then did that sort of shift and change as you've now sort of shown commitment, we're doing this? And have you noticed a a change in mentality from the team? Like, are they more on board now because they can see it happening and coming to fruition? Like, what was the process there for you? Yeah, I think from observations for me, I mean, I, I know it can work and I know it will work because I've got that much trust and I've seen the models and methods and I've seen our results. We've got measures in place. But for them, it was definitely initial excitement. Oh, my God, yep. this is amazing. We get a whole day off like every week until we jumped into it and then it became fear because it was all about, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, again, like how are we going to fit in what we've just been doing in five days and four days? And, and I guess my response to that is you're not. 
effectively. You're not you're not supposed to fit in everything you were doing in five days because the reality was we, we were doing seven days of work, which was just yeah. crazy anyway. Yep. So yeah, taking taking the foot off the pedal a little bit there, but also yeah, the, the empowerment for these guys then and the challenge to them is finding an efficiency in absolutely every single thing that they do, which is what they love doing anyway, like with our design work, with our documentation work, with our problem solving. It's all about finding efficiencies. Yeah. That's really how we how we how we how we promote ourselves and how we sort of make make the money and really at the end of the day. So it's just an extension of that for them in the way they're working. So it's not it's not that you know the five day week or the four day week really isn't about doing less work necessarily. It's just about doing the right work all the time, having periods of focus, not disrupting each other. You know, being considerate of each other's time um, when we need to be. You know, there's, I mean, there's so many different productivity tips. You know, we can go through a thousand of them. You know, but. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. The change for them has been you know, real excitement into fear, into slowly getting back to that initial excitement because it's kind of level. I don't think it's there just yet because I said yep. we're kind of, yeah, you know, sort of six months or so into our, into our transition. And that transition includes different improvement days and where we're, all we're doing is working on efficiencies and stuff. But yeah, it, by the time we get to the, the final phase, which will kind of be middle of next year. Yeah, I'm confident that they'll be yeah, humming. So, mate, awesome. And I'm curious about what's what was your thought process and how did you go about empowering your team? Because this is not just something that is like this is a brainchild from you, but it's it's something that the whole team has to be on board with, right? And like, I'm 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 curious to talk to you about systems and processes because that's really the only way that you're going to achieve this is is those efficiencies. How did you empower the team to to do that? Because I know like people people inherently like to just do once they get used to like we're creatures of habit, right? Like once we get used to doing something a certain that's kind of how we we do it. And obviously we need to kind of encourage everyone to do that sort of pattern inter- interrupt at a brain brain science level to go, is there a better way to do this? How have you empowered the team to be constantly looking for efficiencies whilst also delivering what they need to do? Yeah. I mean, practically the way we do it. So we use, which if a lot of people don't, if someone doesn't know, it's basically a messenger service for teams and, and you can direct message people or you can create channels for anything with groups of people. So we've effectively created a couple of channels in Slack where... One of them is a design efficiency channel and the other one is a documentation efficiency channel. And we effectively measure people's inputs to that. So, you know, everyone has, has, a, has a KPI that they'll need to come up with, you know, a design efficiency and a documentation efficiency at least every month. And it needs to be actioned, you know, within the next month kind of thing. So in a way we were doing it anyway because we had a set of processes and they were always getting improved on but I guess we just weren't measuring it and then and then able to just kind of note the effects of of that of it directly so the empowerment has kind of come from visual visually sort of everyone seeing what everyone else is up to and the ideas that they've got that they can contribute to as well and, and and sort of add to and things like that so we're basically measuring it 
really, I guess you could say, measuring people's input to, you know, efficiency and, and improving efficiency across the board. Yep. And that yeah. visual thing, like, is that really, like, from what the first thing that comes to mind is that kind of, like, if, if tungsten is quite a, like, I'm not, I, the first word that comes to mind sounds like, like, not a competitive environment, but everyone's, like, and we talked about this a bit before we, we started recording we caught up last time was this difference between high performers and comfort seekers and if you can like really build a team of high performers in the business and you know weed out comfort seekers who just kind of want to turn up and you know do their job but not necessarily want to push themselves but high performers are always looking to improve and they're always looking to you know do things better faster cheaper more efficiently but it sounds like that sort of slack system that you set up kind of encourages that sort of competitive nature within the business like someone can see oh john over there has just created a system and process for that damn it you know i'm behind now like is, is it that kind of nature that's sort of creeping it in is, yeah i mean i definitely leverage on the competitiveness of the team <laughs> because we do actually report it every two months so we're capturing it but we're also reporting it and there's a leaderboard so yeah, so there is a leaderboard and, and everyone's on the leaderboard. So you can actually see who's on the top and who's on the bottom. So yeah, I guess I am leveraging the competitiveness. But yeah, it, it's something that matters. And, you know, we're big believers of measuring what matters. And for us at the moment, like at the end of the day, you know, people's contribution to that is being rewarded directly back to them with a day off every week. So it's, you know, it's it's not like we're measuring what matters and we're just putting more money into the business's pocket. Like it's literally going back into them as benefit. And so whilst it's motivating competitively, it's also they know it's motivating because, hey, at the end of the day, it's it's all going back to them as time. So Yeah. And it sounds like too, like I was going to touch on that point, which is really that kind of North Star for everyone in the business. Like you have a North Star as a business owner, but it also sounds like, this initiative is kind of, you know, the team's North Star at the moment, which is how do we all come together as a team in a business, become more efficient, because at the end of the day, that's our North Star. We all get Friday off, we get three-day weekends, we can, you know, we can get some of our life back. We can, you know, all, all the stuff that I want to talk to you about in a second, but it sounds like, yeah, that North Star is really driving everyone at the moment. Yeah, and we had a pretty big, I guess, mission, vision, values session as a team about about a year ago a little over a year ago now and i guess that for that for me that was you know we're six years in that was a refresher because the initial values were my values i mean i was a business owner i was the founder you know the core person in the business so i came up with the values really and they were my values but you know growing as a team yeah we've applied for culture and, and things like that and that's really important but you know there, there are some 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 slight changes to the values that you can sort of observe. So it was important for us to capture those as a team, and I think we kept three in mind and, and came up with three new ones. But the the biggest thing was that the sort of vision and the mission sort of changed. Originally, it was you know basically to be the best, you know the, the best value engineering company in Australia, and engineering company, and, and we were you know awarded for exactly that by Consult Australia as the best small firm in, in Australia in, in 2020. So we kind of felt that was a tick and a bit of a pat on the back from external. So we knew there needed to be a new vision and a new mission. Yeah. And whilst I guess I created it, you know, it was vetted there in, in, the, in the forum with the team. And for me, as I said previously, it was all about me, this business. 
you know, I was pretty selfish in terms of I wanted it just to be all about the flexibility and freedom I could have. But once I started seeing that I've got that and I can start giving that to other people, that's what the vision and mission for me became all about. So for us, it's, it's, it's all about creating this, you know, the world's most sustainable business, really, that is just like a clockwork business. But in that regard, it just it creates wealth for all of our team. And wealth for me, and it's defined as personal, professional, and financial. And so yeah. the personal part of that is really about the four-day work week. So there's, there's parts for financial, and, and that's what a lot of the managing partner stuff and partnership that we've brought in and the shares in the business and stuff, that's the sort of financial stuff. And the professional stuff we, we kind of always had and, and a big focus on, which was the improved part of our, our, our jobs and development plans and personalised development plans, et cetera. So, yeah, it was just one component of those three, I guess, having this four-day yep. work with, yeah, as a North Star. That was their North Star for, the, I guess, the, the personal wealth. Yep, unreal, mate. And I guess, not that it's an elephant in the room, but, like, kind of, kind of to, to address, like, you made a comment before about how, you know, the business was doing, you know, 50% more than your, your budgeted billables and that sort of thing. And, you know, I'm sure people listening and watching going, why don't you just keep doing that? Like, that's, you know, that's, profit directly into your pocket like that's how you you know that's that's setting you up for you know being able to do whatever you want with your life and all that sort of stuff and like I imagine yeah you could have kept doing that but like what was the decision behind not doing that and like in terms of like you know impact for staff clients all that sort of thing yeah I mean it's the long game for me at the end of the day I mean yeah you know was, I mean the business was making good money there's absolutely no doubt about it but also, yeah, and, and then I guess to do this, to invest, and we've been investing in growth, but to invest in this, giving everybody, basically giving everybody a 25% pay rise off the bat, we, we are going to lose profit, but we're still going to be profitable. So, you know, I take comfort in that. But, yeah, I guess I just, I've got that long game in mind, like, I I want to I want this business to be around for a long, long, long time, and I want all the employees that are here now to still be there. Like that's yep. that's my vision for the business. I don't want a, a business that you know turns people over, you know, spends on you know ridiculous amounts on recruiting and upskilling people and things like that. Part of being the world's most sustainable business is having a sustainable workforce and and, and team members. Not just team members, but owners, and, and that's part of the partnership and stuff as well. So, yeah, at the end of the day, that's that's really what it is. Yeah, I could have spent two or three years and just flogged all the staff and 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 you know got out and maybe sold and and made a bucket of money. But yeah, it's not really what the mission is about for me. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Plan is to make good money over the next, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, but also to everyone else to be making good money and that's the whole the whole financial wealth opportunities for people as well absolutely like you think about that extra that extra i mean it's it's so funny like i mean i'm not to dive into this too much but i was chatting to someone the other day like the whole five-day week is like it was set up from the industrial times where people like it was it was just accepted it as the norm and business world has not evolved for the last you know, hundred years kind of thing in terms of the five-day week and we get the two days weekend and all that sort of stuff and it's you know, it's 
you are really challenging that. And so you've got your business and the staff getting to really benefit from that sort of visionary piece around, well, we can still do five days worth of work in four and pay our staff for five, which means, yeah, they get that that third day to spend with their family, go on like it's a long weekend every weekend and they can go away and all that sort of stuff. Like it's just, it makes such a difference to the people that you're that you're employing and working in the business. Yeah, I mean that you you know how you feel after a three day weekend compared to a two day weekend. Like it's just yeah. talking chat. Like you're so fresh after a three day weekend. It's insane. And you know you almost want to get back to work to sort of put your brain back to work. You know, a two day weekend just doesn't. It's just not for the amount of energy that we're using, you know, with our brains and it sounds a bit silly and if there's any laborers or whatever out there, they're probably, you know, thinking I'm a bit of a tosser, but you're actually physically exhausted at the end of a big week yep. in the office. Um, yep. So to, to, to compact that into four days and have three days break, recharge, is going to do wonders for everybody's health and well-being, you know, mentally, physically and spiritually to spend that additional time with loved ones and stuff if, if they if they can and you know potentially they're sitting at home by themselves on that on that <laughs> on that fifth day I don't know but Would have worked. You know, they can do the chores and then and then they can spend the quality time on the weekend with them. So yeah, like yeah. It's, them obviously. But yeah, it's, it's 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 that's you know one of the benefits is is just the the, the regeneration of energy over that three day weekend. Yeah. And also the I guess the ideas, you know, the big part of it as well was, was, you know, we all know that, you know, your best creative ideas come to you, you know, either while you're asleep or in the shower. It's basically when you're switched off or on holidays, whatever it might be. So to allow people to switch off for a bit longer is, is going to really create a lot more, I guess, creative ideas. You know, their brains don't stop working on, 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 on jobs. They're going to be thinking subconsciously yeah. about problems and, and issues with projects while they're not working and they'll come back Monday morning and they'll like, oh, finally solve that thing that I've been thinking about you know for a couple of weeks or whatever it might be so yeah the clients in that regard are going to get much better outcomes from from their team as well yeah which I'm excited about too awesome mate and I, and I guess um, yeah I'm keen to touch on um, impact for clients as well as talk about your you know the the phasing that you're doing but you know, just to touch on, like, not to mention that this is going to put your business um, on the road, on, on the, what's the word, on, on, on people's radars to somewhere they want to work. Because if no other structural engineering firm in Australia, or like you said, from your research, the world is doing this, like, particularly in the market at the moment where it's hard to recruit and find good staff and that sort of stuff, like, that's, that's going to be an amazing win and advantage for the business as you move forward. Yeah, and I guess we do have, you know, we've got growth plans. They're not aggressive. There's, there's not as big growth as what we've kind of done organically even. But, we, you know, we, we believe we can, we can take what we've been doing here. Mostly, most of our work, I would say, you know, 70% of it is, is prison-based and take that nationally effectively. So whilst it's not the biggest driver, then but I am hoping that, yeah, we'll, we'll get those kind of mid to, you know, senior-level engineers that are sort of at that point in their career where, you know, maybe they're not feeling valued by their company. Maybe they've been flogging themselves and they're burnt out and they just need to recharge. And then they can see another avenue, you know, in tungsten yep. or getting better balance in their life, really. In saying that, 
we also, and I also think that that we all, I guess I have a pretty big responsibility in terms of like this is a big benefit for people and it's not going to be given out lightly. You know, we, we, we don't want to attract the people that are, that are just want to come for the four-day work week and sweat. We only have to work four days. We get paid for five because that's not our culture. Yeah. And, you know, that person just wouldn't fit and they'd probably never get a look in the door anyway. But it's 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 kind of got to be it's got to be you know that kind of person that you know fits the mold in terms of the the competitiveness and for us our value you know relatable reliable you know shows that they do have the excellence they're adaptable is, is obviously a big one for us as well and and that integrity and so for us yeah whilst we want to attract. Candidates are still going to have to be the, the right candidates and, and fit with our business plans and our business strategy and business models. So, yeah, we are excited cool. though the prospects for, for yeah bringing in I guess yeah some some talent. Yeah, good. attracting some high performers, mate. Exactly. So maybe talk us through the the phasing plan and sort of how you came up with that because obviously this is something that you've thought through significantly and it sounds like it's at least a year or maybe even 18 months in terms of the you know, is my, my, my maths right yeah at least a year kind of transition in terms of you getting this, yeah. this right walk us through those steps and kind of how you came up with them and, and what that means for you know team clients that kind of thing yeah so we've practically done five phases until we reach the final true four-day working week Basically, so phase phase one is we've introduced a improvement day every other Friday. So yep. on that improvement day, an improvement day is really defined for us, but you won't do any create work. So you won't be working on projects or active projects or anything. You'll literally just be working on um, efficiencies to improve the business overall or working on, you know, your role objectives or your development plan, something that can improve us as a business. And then phase two is basically two improvement days. So one in a fortnight. So every Friday would become an improvement day. Yep. Um, phase three, one of those improvement days drops off. So then, and it becomes a, a gift. We're calling it a gifted day. So the gifted day, you're effectively at home, but in phase three and, and you're off, but in phase three, the gifted day, you're still checking in on client communications a couple of times a day. So, you know, rather than doing a full seven and a half hour day, you might end up doing an hour or an hour and a half or something like that. Just keeping yep. the sort of ball ticking along. Phase four is two of those days. So no more improvement days. They're all days off. However, you're still checking in on client communications. Phase five, every other Friday is a true day off. So no checking emails or anything. But every other day, you, every other Friday, you still are. Checking the emails and then phase six is the true, the true sort of four day work week, which, yeah, we hope to be there. The aim is to be there for July 2023. And I say yep. aim because each phase, I guess, has a succession or a success point or a success measure. And really, at the end of the day, the measure, we have two measures, and that's basically the team, I guess, call it team wellbeing which we measure every couple of months in our one-to-ones. But the, the big one is the, the, the rolling three-month, basically active or, or invoiced projects to budget effectively. So we still have to be making money. 
which is which is our goal. So at the end of each phase, yeah, we, we sort of report on those results, and and if we've if we've hit our goals, then we'll move into the next phase. If we haven't, then we'll stay in that current phase for maybe another month until we can get those results right. So it's kind of a it's a you know we're not ripping the bandaid off. We're we're doing it slowly and again sustainably. Yep. The, the, the word they like to throw around a lot, but that's the whole point of it is once we get there, we want to stay there. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to have to go backwards. So yeah, the plan is slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Like it, like it a lot. Yeah. And those metrics too, you're looking at sort of, you know, as long as the team's about 100, 125% efficient in terms of efficiencies and that sort of stuff, that means you can move to that next phase. Yeah, effectively, yeah. So, you know, we're but still basing our budgets, our monthly budgets on working five days. So, yeah. you know, 100% capacity for five days. So we, we also just need to hit that in four days, which, again, means effectively we need to be 125% efficient. So, you know, we've got targets for billing every month and we forecast that out 12 months based on our capacity and charge-out rates and, and multipliers and overheads and things like that. So as long as we've hit that for a rolling three-month average, then yeah, we'll move into the next phase. And and so far, so good. We have, we've, yeah, we've hit all our results so far. So yeah, things yep. are going very smoothly. Mate, so good. I want to I want to talk about clients now in terms of like what this means for clients. Like, how are you structuring the communication with them around this? You know that kind of thing. Yeah, this is a big this is a big one for me. So I'm a people pleaser. You know, always have been. And I think a lot of my guys are people yep. pleasers. So I was pretty petrified, to be honest, to just actually come out and tell clients and customers. It took me a while to talk myself around that it's not a negative thing. It's actually a positive thing. And again, just because I am that, that sort of people, people pleaser. So yeah, this was something I, I had a hard time grappling in. in my original... My original idea or theory was that we would get all the way through to phase five and six and then come out and say, ha-ha, see, we've been working for four days a week and you guys didn't even know. <laughs> yep. uh, but I think it was uh, yeah, at least that kind of said, kind of poo-pooed that idea a little bit and sort of got in my ear and, and said, I think it would be good if we told people as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I thought about that a bit more. And really... It's, a, it's the benefits, like when I, when I actually sat down and looked at the pros and cons to them and, and tried to put myself in their shoes, the, the benefits well outweighed the, the negatives. And, and to be honest, I couldn't actually think of too many negatives at all. But the, the benefits for, for clients really at the end of the day is that they will be getting documents a day early. I think that's a big one. Yeah. You know, as consultants, I don't know, I'm not sure why, but we always tend to set our deadlines for Friday afternoons. You know, 4.30 on a Friday and everyone sits there till 6.30 or whatever. We don't have that option. So, you know, it's Thursday afternoon deadlines, which means, you know, tender packages, et cetera, will get to our DNC clients by Friday morning. They can then send, start sending them out to subbies on Friday morning for pricing instead yeah. of waiting to Monday morning when they're in. So effectively, they're saving three days. Because as we know, subbies... You know, pretty much use their weekends to price price jobs anyway. Yeah. So that's a big advantage for the clients is they'll they'll always get their, their documents on a Thursday. 
the other one, as I, as I kind of touched on earlier, was just you know, well-rested team and, and consultants means less errors, a lot less errors, more, you know, more quality, creative solutions, you know. And as I said, people aren't really stopping working. They're, they're still going to be thinking about work. That's just the totally. nature of the game. But, yeah, so I think they're, they're probably the, the biggest ones. And the other one, I guess, that clients will be a little bit concerned about perhaps is that well, what happens if we need someone on a Friday? urgently and that is a good point for sure and something we had to think quite a lot about and we do believe that in the design program which kind of makes up 75 percent of our i guess our sales is, is all in the design part of the, the project we don't think it's a big issue that you know someone's not around for friday to ask questions you can wait till the monday we don't think that is a big problem but sites are going to continuously keep going um, construction activities and, and that's kind of about 25 percent of our business and we're already not working on a saturday and, and as we know builders are hopefully that'll change in the future um, yep. as, as well-being gets looked at a bit more but yeah sort of so we didn't want to do two days in a week so but we weren't there in a row so we do have what we're calling a client coverage day which effectively means that we'll, there'll always be one person working on a friday regardless Who's so, your site, site person with site experience, that kind of thing? It'll just, it'll be anyone. So we'll okay. effectively have, we're going to, effectively going to have a rolling calendar. So if we've got, you know, 20 people in the team, you'll have to do a Friday every 20 weeks. And that person is there just for client coverage. So they'll take the incoming calls, assess whether they you know, need to get the site or the engineers involved. And if they do, they can, you know, have an emergency line with one of the staff that are actually away that day. But if not, they should be able to solve, you know, 95% of the problems. Yeah. They'll be across all the jobs. They'll get a briefing from everyone. So they're there as, I guess, a, a spot fire, someone to put out spot fires really on the Friday. Yeah. Um, but there will always be someone available for emergencies because things happen on site, uh, as we exactly. know. And they'll always be able to get in touch with, with whoever they need to if, if, if required. But I am hoping... I guess that that will be a, I guess, a temporary, a temporary arrangement. I'm hoping that you know, as time progresses, our customers and clients and partners get used to us working four days, perhaps yep. they begin four days, who knows? And, and uh, yeah, and they'll, you know, I, I believe we will just get less and less calls on a Friday and queries because they'll, they'll just know that we don't work Fridays. I guess the other thing why we chose a Friday is probably worth touching on is, is just we do get so few client communications on a Friday compared to Monday yep. to Thursday. I'd say we get maybe 10% of, maybe 5 even, 5 to 10% of all client communications come on a Friday. And yep. it's because people are kind of burnt out by Friday anyway and they're kind of all, you know, hanging out for the weekend and sitting in the corner and, you know, no one... <laughs> Nothing on a Friday, really, anyway. So, exactly. um, yeah, that, that's the reason we made it a Friday. It wasn't, it wasn't kind of just so that we could extend our weekend. At the end of the day, it was to cause as, as little disruption to customers as possible. And that's what we've observed is, is the yep. least. And I, yeah. And I saw your research there, mate. Like, it's, you know, it's important to say this is not something that's, you know, 
you decided on a Sunday and it's implemented a Monday, like you've really considered it, you've looked at the data, you've looked at all the statistics and like I, I read your paper around, yeah, it was 10 or 15% of client calls or, or client facing things happen on a Friday, which is obviously significant less than the rest of the week. And so, you know, it's a decision that hasn't been made lightly and it's very much backed up by data in your business. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yep, awesome. Oh, mate, unreal. I've probably covered everything. Like I'm, I'm sort of going through my notes now that, yeah, like I'm, anything else you kind of want to say this? Like I just think it's exciting. I think it's going to hopefully, like you said, inspire other parts of our industry and other individuals and business owners in our industry to do something different. You're being the pioneer. Sounds like it's, you know, it's you're in phase three. It's working really well. I just really hope that, you know, the industry notices what you're doing and, Maybe maybe it spreads out from there. Yeah, and I mean that's a, that is a big plan. Like it's a big. I guess it's a part of the plan. Like and hopefully, yeah, we we're just you know one of the first companies to do it, but hopefully not the last. Obviously, but I think it's more. There are a lot of companies doing it and, and piloting these programs, but you know they're they're in diff, very different spaces. You know, we're talking yep. about you know restaurants and you know maybe there's a lot of kind of art and software engineers and things like that there's just yeah as i said no, no real i think one architectural firm had had attempted it in in the uk as part of the pilot but then went back to five day weeks i think that was literally just because it was a ripping the band-aid off style approach to it but yeah i'm i'm like, pretty passionate about this the four-day work yeah, week. I can I tell, think, mate. yeah the way of the future and and i'd just say that if anyone wants to talk about it with me at all and discuss how we've done it, what the results are. Like I'm, I'm a pretty open book. You know, most of you can have you seen most of my LinkedIn posts give all of our design data away, et cetera. So we're pretty yeah. open in that regard. So yeah, I'd be happy to talk you through it, have a coffee. It's a bit hard to do that when I'm in the US, but we can do that over Zoom or whatever. And yeah, just let you know how I did it and have implemented it, how it's going and, and, and maybe give you some content to either do it in your own business or take to your boss and, and say hey let's uh, give this give this a chop so yeah Absolutely. hopefully we'll be uh, working four day weeks and uh, you're getting paid for five days in the not too distant future <laughs> mate i love it and i mean that's another point you just made too you're doing all this while running the business i know you've got a leadership team and other sort of directors and shareholders in place in, in oz but like you know doing this all from from the us as well so I could, that's another podcast episode anyway. Um, yeah, I'll tell you what, let's talk about efficiency. Like it's, it's amazing for efficiency here because I wake up, I've got all of my emails and Slack messages from the day before. I get, I knock them over in about an hour or two. Yep. And I've got the, the day just to focus. And, and that's a big part of the four-day work week is having long big periods to focus where you can get, you know, a lot of work done. And that, that's a big secret, you know, recipe to it. So, yeah. Mate, unreal. All just work all around the world would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. And mate, where can people follow along the journey? LinkedIn, website, like yeah. what's, what's best? The big one for us, it's, I guess, you know, when this comes out, there will be a, the new, the website has been refreshed in terms of content. The brand and styling is still the same. But yeah, that's, 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 that was a big one, a big update for me. And, and yeah, LinkedIn, we're posting on there, you know, every week or two with, with project updates, team updates, yep. etc. So yeah, hit me up on LinkedIn and uh, yeah, happy happy to 
to yeah chat along and catch up be good mate unreal well mate yep look i'll be watching we'll stay in touch i'm keen to see how it all plays out but mate it's just yep it's exciting i've just got a whole bunch of ideas from today's catch up to talk to my clients about now so mate thank yeah, you no, no problem at all and uh, yeah appreciate you throwing me on here i should tell everyone that i reached out to you and actually asked you if you could have me on <laughs> no, mate. You, you're uh, yeah you, you're doing some great work in terms of getting people's stories out there and, and business owners and stuff like that and uh, I, yeah, I said i get inspiration from each one of them and i know a lot of other people are too so yeah thanks for uh, thanks for all you're doing in the industry as well oh thanks mate appreciate the words awesome well thanks vince thanks for catching up today mate yeah let's let's see how it all plays out mate but exciting times awesome cheers thank you thanks, mate Hi there, thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. Don't forget, if you'd like some help growing yourself, your team, or your business even faster, head over to my website, www.coachignite.com for more resources. Or book in a call, and we'll map out a plan together for you to move forward with confidence. Don't forget also to hit the subscribe button so you get notified about future episodes. Take care, my friends, and see you again soon.